You're listening to the Ravens Press Pass Podcast. The NFL draft has come to a close, and the Ravens made six picks over the course of the weekend. They have added some serious firepower to this team, and they are excited about these moves. After the draft today, the Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta, director of college scouting David Blackburn, and director of player personnel Joe Hortiz met with the media. Now, a note here is that this press conference actually took place before the Ravens traded back into the seventh round of the draft to take offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees. So he is not mentioned at all during this podcast, but this was the only end-of-day recap that the Ravens did as a press conference. Take a listen. Thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, today was a good, solid day for us. Uh, Tried to, in the early part of the day, address the defense uh, which was our plan. And Tavius, I think we got a guy that plays very, very hard, big. You guys, when you see him, six foot six, 260, 50, 60 pounds, uh, runs well, very, very physical, long reach. Um, you know, from a comparison standpoint, you know, probably more like a guy like Zadarius Smith, that type of a player. Um, can kick inside, can play outside, physical. Uh, you know, Caillou Blue Kelly is a player that we've scouted for two years. Uh, David, has scouted him at length as well. Corey Frazier upstairs, our West Coast scout, uh, a very, very polished, efficient mover, good eyes, physical, has good size, can play zone, can play man, um, a very experienced player, durable guy. Uh, and then Salah, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, is uh, a guy that, again, we've scouted for two years. Uh, we looked at him last year. We thought there was a chance he was coming out last year. Uh, a very, very large offensive lineman, uh, has played some left guard, has played some right guard, uh, primarily has been a right tackle. Uh, very, very good athlete for his size, uh, can pull, can play on his feet. Um, we look at him as a real strong developmental guy, a lot of upside potential. He's young and uh, he fits us very, very well. And, you know, uh, in, in most cases, we're going to try to draft an offensive lineman every year if we can. We just think it's good. And uh, you like to have that pipeline of guys every single year, the younger players. And Joe D does an amazing job developing offensive linemen uh, for us. So uh, very happy where we are right now. And uh, you know, over the next couple of hours, we will uh, continue to build the team. Questions? Eric, can you kind of talk about like, the emotions and significance from you know, this whole week from signing to Lamar to adding this draft uh, it's been emotional. I mean, it's, it's, it's really started, um, you know, I would say this month has really, a lot of work has gone into this month, starting with uh, Odell and really going back to the owners' meetings, you know, in March. It's been a whirlwind of different emotions, and uh, we've worked very hard to, to, to get going, and I think at some point we started to build some momentum, which was uh, nice, and here we are, and it's, it's, you know, I think we would all say we're pretty tired, but it's a good tired. You know, there's a bad tired and a good tired. This is a good tired, and I think we'll sleep well tomorrow, and we'll enjoy tomorrow with our families, all the coaches and scouts, and uh, we'll get back to work on Monday. Eric, uh, in terms of cornerback right now, do you, do you feel like you, Marcus Peters is a guy that's still in your uh, plans right now, veteran cornership in general? Yeah, so, um, you know, as we've said, you know, the roster's never set. 
And I think what you'll see is in the coming weeks, uh, there's a lot of potential moves for us to make. Um, free agents, guys that we've had, guys that we, that we like who are available. Um, the, the other point, I think, which is a, a fair point to make as well, is we drafted two young corners last year. And both guys kind of wrestled with injuries um, this past year. Uh, you know, uh, Armour Davis and, uh, and, and Williams both. And uh, we, we both we feel the same way. If those guys were in this year's draft, we probably would have drafted them in the same spot, you know. Uh, and they're good young players. And so, uh, but that being said, you know, would we like to add, potentially add a veteran corner? Yeah, sure we would. It's an important position. And what we've seen is that, you know, you can never have enough good corners you know, to start the season and throughout the season, that's a fast way to get beat is to uh, not have enough corners on the field. Eric, the fact that you did end up only making five picks, um, I mean, was that a statement about not seeing maybe as many total draftable players as, we, as we've seen in some past years, or is it not that simple? Was it, was it more a function of how opportunities played out? Well, we only had five picks. So, I mean, we can only make five picks, right? So, I mean... We could have, and, and to be honest with you, um, you know, I have to look at that because we didn't get as many calls this year. And I think, you know, when you have a lot of picks, people call you because they know you have a lot of picks. And so the way that trades work is it's basically combinations, right? It's just simple math. If you have a lot of picks, teams can look at you and say, we can do a trade with Baltimore because we can figure out the combination of points. When you don't have a lot of picks, it's tougher. So we didn't have a second round pick. Uh, we didn't have a uh, seventh-round pick. Sometimes we have multiple picks in a round, and so a team that may be lacking in picks can call us, and the math works. We didn't get a lot of calls. I'm not really sure why. Uh, did we have some opportunities? We did. We didn't like the math, you know. Um, so it's just one of those things. Like, I would like to have had more picks. Still might, you know. Um, going to go upstairs, the seventh round is just starting. Um, so this might be an unusual year. Who knows? But the, the fact is, we just didn't get a lot of calls. And, uh, but, you know, looking at the team, we really do, in most cases, we look at the roster and we like the way it looks. We don't see a lot of, you know, big, glaring holes. And we, and we, and we have solutions as well still out there in free agency potentially. So if you're not going to have a lot of picks, this is probably the year to not have picks. We were able to fortify. We brought some guys back that played for us um, last year that we like, that we were excited to bring back. Guys like Justice Hill, as an example of one guy, and there were a lot of other guys that we brought back. So as we looked at the roster, we didn't see the big holes on the roster that we felt compelled to fill. What made an impression on you about um, Blue Kelly when you first started uh, scouting? Well, uh my first exposure to him outside of practice was I attended a live game uh, in 21. It was at USC, early season game, and they had Drake London. And he impressed me because he basically went toe-to-toe -to -toe with a future top 10 pick and did more than hold his own. Um, got his hands on two or three PBUs, had a, a pick six later in the game to kind of ice it. So. That was kind of a statement game, and it, it stood out as far as like an exposure where a guy was able to, to really uh, uh, step out there and, and, and uh, make, a, make a lasting impression on me. So throughout that process, that's your basis, you know, that's your baseline from, you're like, man, well, if he's doing that, 
he's going to be able to do it in the league. And, you know, I actually thought that if he had came out last year, he would have easily been a day two pick, in my opinion. Um, but I'm happy to get him in the fifth round right now. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a great Raven, great fit. One of those high, uh, high floor prospects going to come in. Uh, dad played in the league. He's been around ball. Stanford kid, smart, tough, competitive, uh, can play man in his own, uh, has good ball skills. Uh, he's going to come in and do the right things. Uh, he loves ball. So um, to get a guy like that uh, at this stage in the draft, uh, we, we consider that a value pick. Do you see Tavius as an ascending player, you know, comes from Canada and settles in Ole Miss and seems to get better over the course of his career, really good measurables. Does he look, look like a player who's ascending? Well, I'll let, I'll let Joe answer that. I think Joe kind of has a uh, uh, better feel for, for Tavis than I do. But to answer your question, yes. Yeah, if you watch his progression through his career at Ole Miss and then obviously went to the Senior Bowl, had a really good Senior Bowl, his performance at the Combine and Pro Day, he just, he just seems to be on the rise. Eric talked about the player he is. He's very physical. He's got a great motor. I mean, you know, John preaches run to the ball. Uh, with our defense, and he's always running the ball, making plays downfield. So the, the Raven mentality is there. The effort is there. Uh, you know, he's a developmental player in terms of playing ball in the States versus Canada, but he's grown tremendously at Ole Miss and still see a lot more potential for him. Joe, when you put on the tape of uh, Lulu's, uh, uh, what do you like about him? And uh, do you envision him more as a guard or tackle the professional level? Well, I think when you watch him play at Oregon, he played both positions. Some games he'd flip in during series into guard. Uh, he was primarily a right tackle for them. Um, I think he can play both. Um, you know, we'll, Joe will get him and, and find the best spot for him in terms of starting him out. But I do, I do see flexibility with him. The thing that stands out with him, he's huge. He's, he's got ex explosive power, knocks guys down on, on down blocks. He runs really well for a big man. When you watch him pull or get out on leads on the front side plays, he can really cover ground, plays with a great temperament. Um, so, you know, just a lot, of, a lot to like, a big man who plays physical, our brand of football. You're listening to the Ravens Press Pass Podcast. Also, if you want more analysis from this draft, go ahead and check out the Ravens Lounge Podcast feed. We break down everything happening over the course of this weekend. Now let's get back to this presser. Yeah, and they do it with him there. He plays everywhere from like a four-eye technique inside, reduced down, all the way to a seven technique. And you see him, you see that versatility. Uh, it gives you some inside pass rush flexibility, but he can also get in a two-point stance and knock back tight ends. He's really physical taking on tight ends, kind of creating a new line of scrimmage uh, behind the, the existing line of scrimmage. So. Um, does offer versatility in that sense. Kind of a similar question. Probably should have asked this yesterday, but do you guys see Trent Simpson as a guy who could cross train at outside linebacker, or do you like him off the ball? Yeah, I mean he's he's a good he's a good pass rusher. He's a good blitzer. I mean he can do some of that. Um, you know, I think as we think about him, we probably envision him as more of an off the ball guy. But that being said, you know, with Mike's defense, and this is kind of a growing theme in the league. You know, the defensive coaches are very multiple in what they do. So if you have guys who can do more than one thing you can really mess with the offense. And uh, what, what we like about Trenton is just he's a very explosive blitzer. He's good with his hands. He closes very quickly. So uh, that's a great skill for a linebacker to have. 
Um, and that's, you know, something that both Roquan and, uh, and Patrick both have. They're all excellent blitzers. Um, so it just gives us a lot of, you know, multiple looks on defense. Uh, Eric, just kind of one of the narratives around the NFL draft in general for a couple weeks ago was just around the S2 cognition test. I guess, do you guys see any value in those kind of things? I mean, just kind of big picture? Um, we do. Uh, you know, those, we don't, so we don't uh, subscribe to that test. You know, uh, the Ravens, historically, we've been independent. Um, going back to 1996, we've never belonged to a scouting service. You know, we don't belong to National. We don't belong to Blesto. Um, reason really, honestly, being is we don't want to share our information uh, with other teams. So I think what we try to do is kind of divide, you know, create our own tests. Um, you know, Steve Claggett, who works with us upstairs, he helps us. Um, we use a lot of different people in analytics. We interview, we've trained our scouts. We spend a lot of time really figuring out what's most important to us when we assess these players. And we just do it our own way. And, uh, you know, I think it's great because we trust our people more than anybody else. And, uh, and the information stays in-house. Eric, when you look at all the picks, five picks, is there something that kind of jumps out at you, anything just as a collective class? Uh, well, I would say that every single guy on this list has played starter-level football and we think can be a starter in the NFL. Our scouts, these players, the five of these players graded out very high. There were some years where you have a lot of picks and you sort of deviate a little bit from your sequence because you're trying to fill specific needs. I think that the mindset for me this year was just like, just try not to worry as much about the needs and just draft the best guy that's there at every single pick. And we, we really, I, I think we did it. Like, honestly, I can't 100% say that we did it exactly, but I know it's pretty damn close. And, and the reason we might not have is because, for instance, we might have had we might have had an outside linebacker rated slightly higher than Caillou, but we did just taken an outside linebacker. So what we try to do with our sequence is that player may not be picked because we just took a player at that position. So, but in general, I think the, the thing I, th I think about this class is at that pick, as I look at the sequence, every one of these guys was the highest rated guy on our board. Eric, in past years you've talked about how it seems like there's, there's years where the draft as a whole is, seems to have a similar board. And um, I'm just curious, did you find that to be, feel like that was the case this year? I know coming into the draft there were some analysts who felt like this was a very difficult draft to predict. How did the board fall in terms of your expectations of it? I would say that this year was a little bit unusual. Uh, as you got into the second, third, and fourth round, there were some uh, ebbs and flows and crazy picks. You know, I, I saw more volatility, low-rated guys being drafted, high guys outside our sequence. It had more of a 2007 type of draft feel. Um, I think with just in general, you know, with the proliferation of mock drafts and the internet and social media and information sharing that a lot of draft boards look pretty similar. 
and, you know, and, and that's why a lot of times when we're finished with the first round, second round, we see that there aren't a lot of players that we have in the top 64 still available at the end of those two rounds. It used to be different. This year was a little different, I would say, Joe. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but there seemed to be some, some different picks. I think this is a tough draft to evaluate. Um, this was an unusual draft. We're still dealing with the ramifications of COVID in some ways. There's a lot of older players in this draft class. Very unusual, but there's a lot of guys that are 24, 25, 26 years old. Um, and, you know, so if you think about it, there are guys that are 20 years old in this draft, guys that are 26 years old. And it's just, we haven't seen that big of a spread in terms of the numbers. So that's kind of different. Um, but I would say, yes, yeah, more of a tougher draft to predict in the second and third day. Eric, with uh, NIL maybe taking away some, you know, undrafted guys who might be there, do you still see as big a potential to add, you know, down the line contributors and in previous years, or has that kind of changed the landscape? That's a great question, Jonas. Um, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to affect undrafted free agency. Uh, I will say this, that I have a lot of faith in Mark Acevedo, who's upstairs. He kind of organizes this thing for us. And Joe and David and the coaches and the scouts, they'll be cranking. When the time comes, um, they haven't started yet, but when the time comes, they will be cranking. They'll be hitting the phones. We've done a lot of prep work. We started recruiting guys uh, weeks ago. Um, and we'll be in a great place, and we'll, we'll get a good class of guys. It's going to be fierce competition to make the team. You know, uh, it's going to be hard. It's not like, you know, back in like 1998, 1999, when four or five undrafted guys would make it every year. I mean, Jameson, you're the elder statesman. Uh, you know, you remember those days, the historian, remember those days when those guys, we had a lot of those guys make it. And now it's like maybe one guy or two guys a year, I think. Um, so it is challenging. But we take a lot of pride in it, Jonas. I think, you know, I, we think we do it better than anybody else. I think probably other teams think that too. But we, have, we take a lot of pride in the way that we do it. Mark is highly organized in what he does, and our scouts and the coaches do an amazing job. And I do think we have an advantage this year because we've got some college coaches that we brought in. And with that is the recruiting aspect of the job, which is a big advantage. Eric, going into the draft, a lot of analysts said, you know, Eric likes to trade so much, there's no way that he would just stick and make the five picks. You know, the Ravens love drafting so, so many players. There's no way it's just a five-player class. How did it feel to you to just stay and pick five? Yeah, you know, we just zagged. We didn't want to zig this year, I guess. You know, like, we, we always trade, and we didn't trade this year, and I would expect people would think that we would trade this year. But we like the players, we like the roster, you know, um, and as I said, you know, the phones didn't ring. I mean, as actually, honestly, we, use, we have new phones, as you know, Ryan, we've got new phones, right? And they weren't ringing, and I'm like, are these damn things working? Because like, they weren't the old phones that we're used to using in the draft room. They brought these new, like, internet things yeah, digital in, right? Phones. Digital phones, yeah. and I'm like... Are they really working, Joe? Like, honestly, and we're calling them. They're, they're ringing. Like, well, the only people calling are us. It was just, we would literally call you know, them. Strangest dynamic. But um, it's one of those years, you know. Um, but I will say this. Like, what was good about this year was that, in most cases, the player that we wanted or the, the 
a player that we wanted was there when we could pick. Some years, that's not the case. It's a helpless feeling. Um, so it was okay that the phones didn't ring quite as much. Two more guys. David, um, you know, we didn't get a chance when Zay Flowers was drafted, but what kind of stood out to you about him and kind of the whole scout process? I mean, everything. Uh, he's just a fun evaluation. He's electric. You can't help but uh, keep your eyes off of him when you're watching watching the tape. And it's even better in person, as uh, Joe and I saw in uh, in Vegas at the East-West game. Um, explosive, fast, sudden, dangerous. He can hurt you on all three levels. He can get deep. Uh, he's great after the catch. He's a tough tackle. He's physical. He can play through contact. He can make more contested catches than most guys his size can make. Um, he's very productive, and he doesn't shy away from the moment. And again, I think when you're five nine, 180 something pounds, you know, coming from a you know shorter guy, you know, you have to be wired a certain way to dominate, especially in the National Football League. You know, uh, you can't be meek. And he has that mentality. He's got that Raven mentality that we desire. And it shows on the field. And it's infectious. And you know, you want that guy on your team. And uh, we're extremely uh, uh, lucky to have him here. And we, we look forward to seeing him uh, play on Sundays. Eric, uh, uh, a couple of, like a week ago, there were a lot of questions about what this team may look like going into the season. I know you guys aren't done with the Lamar signing and the draft now over. How do you feel about the view of this team going into this next season? I think, I think we all feel pretty good, but we also understand and realize we have more work to do. So, you know, we've got, you know, four or five months and whatever it is. And, you know, I remember last year being on the beach with my dad when we signed Justin Houston in July. So there's going to be opportunities along the way to sign players, and we'll do that if we can. If we have the opportunity and we have the resources to do it and the, you know, it exists, the potential, we'll do it. You know, so the roster is going to look different than it does now. Hopefully, you know, better, but it is going to look different. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep building and building and building until we can build a team that can go as far as possible. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, guys. This is the Ravens Press Pass podcast, and there were lots of things happening over the course of the last few days. Every press conference that took place at the Castle and Owings Mills and also the conference calls that the players did with the local media, all of those pressers live here in this feed, so go ahead and check them out. And if you want more analysis, then head over to the Lounge Podcast feed, subscribe to both feeds, and leave a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you again soon.